0: Welcome to the Game Plan Podcast with Judah Newby and Brian Perkins, breaking down all things Seahawks.
1: Week four of the NFL season and the Seahawks trying to get back to 500 on the road for a third time in the first four weeks, visiting the Arizona Cardinals 105 Kicks Sunday on Fox. Welcome to the Game Plan Podcast. He's Brian Perkins. I'm Jude Newby. Seahawks coming off their first win of the season, taking down the Dallas Cowboys in their home opener. Back on the road they go and they get to face a rookie quarterback down in Arizona, making his first NFL start in the
0: UCLA product, Josh Rosen. It's going to be a great game. This is wow. a chance for the Seahawks, baby, to 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 get a road win and, uh, you know, solidify themselves in a solid second-place standing. That's right. In the NFC West. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're also—we we stayed up last night to watch
1: Rams and Vikings. Needless to say, there is one team at the class of this division. That is the Los Angeles Rams. Though they are a rival, I tell you what, I could watch every single one of the Rams games. What they do offensively, it's exquisite for football fans. It is so good. Jared Goff, five touchdown throws. What McVeigh was drawing up for him yesterday was nothing short of exceptional. His receivers are all playmakers, spreading the wealth, getting Todd Gurley involved, one-on-one matchups with linebackers. It was beautiful, man. I mean, the guy is a next-level play caller, and he's really bringing
0: out the best in Jared Goff. No, he really is. And Goff, to, to his credit, was just money. I mean, dropping dimes last night. So, uh yeah, and now the Rams have 10 days to prepare for the Seahawks, so that should be fun. Let me ask you something about this Seahawks-Cardinals game. Sure. Outside of, you know there's those games on the schedule like where you look at it and you go, oh my god, no one cares about that game. Right. Is this one of those games if you are not a Seahawks or Cardinals fan? Oh, no question. These two teams are not good. But yeah, this is like one of those games where everyone else, like in a vacuum, we're all looking at it and like, this is so great and yeah. the Seahawks have a chance to win on the road. But if you talk to Bob in the Midwest... He's like, yeah, I wouldn't watch that game if you paid me. It's the same thing. Like It
1: was Cardinals-Bears last week. I wouldn't watch that game for the world. And the Bears are better than the Seattle Seahawks. So, yeah, I mean, no one cares about this game unless, one, you're a fan of either team. Two, you're intrigued by Josh Rosen. I do think the Josh Rosen factor might get a couple more eyeballs on it because it's his first start. That matters. Everybody thinks he's going to be pretty good as an NFL quarterback. Or you're betting on the game if you have money on the game too, which it's a Seahawks minus three Uh, number right now on the road we'll get to that in a bit as well let's start with the news and notes Earl Thomas practiced for the second time in five workouts with the team Uh, fully padded he missed a practice earlier this week said it was non injury related we all know his comments from earlier about I won't practice if I feel any type of ailment whatsoever because they're not invested in me why should I be invested in practice Uh, Perkins do you have a problem with that approach at all Alan Iverson doesn't
0: we know that uh that's true you know I'm I'm torn about this because I get what, what he's saying, and honestly, I get why the coaching staff would have an issue with it, but if you look at the way that Earl Thomas has played, pro football focus has rated him the best safety in football, the best defensive player, I think, in football through the first three weeks of the season. It's hard to really question it from a fan perspective because he shows up to play. He shows up to play. He had two picks in the game against Dallas. He was a difference maker in that game. Who knows how that game goes without him doing what he was doing on the field. So I get why the coaches say, okay, this is a dangerous precedent to set, you know, that, that guys can just sit out and then they'll play on the weekend. But I understand and as a fan don't really care that he's not practicing because he showing up to play on Sundays and that's all that really matters in the end.
1: And if you're supporting Earl Thomas, which I think the vast majority of people do, You point to the Seahawks and say, well, you bring this type of distraction, this type of narrative, you bring it on yourself by not paying the man, giving him an extension. It's interesting to see Bradley McDougald playing alongside Earl Thomas is performing at a very high level as well. Doug Baldwin wants to get back. He says he's ready. He's missed the last two games, of course, with that knee injury. He says he's ready to go. He says he's frustrated that he thinks the coaching staff is holding him back a little bit. We're not sure if he's going to play or not. You know, what's the approach with Doug Baldwin? Do you want to ease him in? Do you want to try to make sure that he's fully 110%
0: ready to go for the long haul? Or if he's ready to play, you got to throw him out there. If you feel like you need him to win this game and he says he's ready and the doctors say that he's ready, I think you're playing him, aren't you? Uh, you know, Lockett's played really well in his absence, but after him there's been a bit of a drop-off. You know, Marshall's been inconsistent dropping footballs. You know, Doug Baldwin and Russell Wilson have that type of chemistry that uh, – You can't just pull out of thin air with another guy on the roster, right? And if you truly think that you can still be a playoff team and you can contend, this is a game that you have to win on the road. So if he's ready to go and doctors clear him, I don't think you're easing him back into things. I think you let him play. Yeah, and the other factor,
1: I don't want to make Doug Baldwin mad at me.
0: (laughs) So if he's already
1: mad that he's being held back, I wouldn't keep him out any longer. No sense making that guy frustrated. Um, Looks like a couple of banged-up defensive ends. Rashim Green has an ankle. Deion Jordan has a hip. So regardless of whether or not both will be able to play, Quentin Jefferson will be brought into the spotlight for a pass rush that really hasn't been impressive lately. Hopefully, the Seahawks will have both Green and Jordan in the lineup. And the linebacking core, Michael Kendricks still appealing. The suspension that he got from the NFL, he is eligible to play again this Sunday. Of course, he'll play a pretty big role because In the backfield for Arizona, they've got a pretty good guy named David Johnson. Uh, Chris Carson's got some hip stuff after a 32-carry, 102-yard performance. Uh, Ethan Posick will miss this game again. The left guard, the starting left guard, he's got the ankle injury. We didn't see him in the game last week either. So it will be J.R. Sweezy again starting at left guard. DJ Fluker has a bit of a knee issue. He should still be able to go at right guard. Both of those guys, their skill set, favorites run blocking, you know, I'm gonna be eager to see how both Sweezy and Fluker look in the run block attack uh this weekend.
0: I mean, it felt like it's only been three weeks, but that, that version of the offensive line that we saw last weekend was the best version we had seen so far this season. Now, obviously, when you're running the football that much, uh, it takes pressure off of uh, you know, protecting your quarterback, right? Because you're running the football thirty five times in a game. And I still don't think that the run blocking was very good, but I think even if Posick is healthy, you're probably rolling with that lineup, putting Justin Britt back in at center, obviously, uh, until Sweezy proves that he can't handle it. Because I I think that that was probably the best version we've seen so far. And Posick hasn't been in this league long enough. He hasn't really earned, I think, the good graces of, oh, well, he's an automatic starter once he comes back.
1: Dante Johnson, that free agent cornerback they signed in the offseason, he was going to be a starter. Then he goes on IR. He's injured. Seahawks released him from IR yesterday afternoon. So he's not even here. Um, you know, that's a tough, that's a swing and a miss. Unfortunately, not much the Seahawks could do about it, uh, given that he's a guy that started 16 games for the 49ers last year. You sign him, think he's going to be a plug-and-play guy. Now he gets hurt. He's not going to even suit up for the Seahawks in the regular season.
0: Yeah. It's a you real know, bummer. It is, it is. It's, it's you know, unfortunately a, a very common occurrence in football, though, isn't it?
1: Eric Reed got signed by the Panthers, notable from, on a few different levels. But the Seahawks reportedly offered him a contract in August, and they weren't able to come to an agreement financially. Then Earl Thomas decided to come back, and at that point, any deal for Reed, who's also a free safety, was taken off the table. But it's interesting that the Seahawks were in conversations with Reed to hopefully bring him in.
0: Yeah, now that that is interesting, but also you know the Panthers, an NFC rival, that the Seahawks will be facing. I believe, right? They faced them this season. Yep. Uh, That's going to be, you know, just another tough task. I mean, he's a really, really good player, one of the top at his position in the NFL. All
1: right, let's get to the matchup zone for this game. The Seattle Seahawks and Arizona Cardinals, 105 kick on Fox. First of all, I'll I'll start off just by giving some stats, some team stats between these two teams that jump out to me. Uh, You know, sample size is limited to just three games in the regular season. But how about defensively? Yards per game, Arizona 25th in the league. Seattle 16th in the league, middle of the road. In passing yards allowed per game, Arizona's 19th, and Seattle is 7th. So they've done decently through three games, limit the passing game. Rush yards per game, these teams are a freaking sieve. Arizona 29th in rush defense, Seattle is 30th. Both teams are allowing over 130 rush yards per game. What Seattle does have going for them, the turnovers. Seven interceptions this year is first in the National Football League. Arizona only has two picks this year, tied for 16th. In sacks, both teams have eight, tied for 10th in the league. And in points allowed, both teams right middle of the road. Uh, Seattle's 15th in points allowed, and Arizona is 17th. Needless to say, defensively, these are less than excellent units, except for the turnover department for the Seahawks. When you talk about that and going up against a rookie quarterback, Josh Rosen, in his NFL debut from a starter's perspective, it seems to line up well.
0: Yeah, and, you know, they, they have the fumble too, right? The fumble recovery Seattle does. So they have eight turnovers on the season. And, yeah, I mean, look, the defense has been, I think, better than a lot of us thought it would be, given all the turnover. It's been better than I thought it would be. You know, Earl Thomas came back and being back basically in full form <laughs> uh, right out of the gate helps that situation a lot. And the fact that they haven't um, really faced uh, a quarterback of note as of yet, is also probably another reason for that. I think that obviously next week will be a a pretty big test when they face that Rams offense. But, man, I mean, every time Zeke got the ball for the Cowboys last week, didn't you get nervous? Oh, yeah. Didn't you get nervous? Because he was averaging like eight yards a carry. He was gashing Seattle. So, yeah, that's a problem. And that's a concern against Arizona. This is not a slam dunk. They have a big-time playmaker in David Johnson.
1: Yeah, and David Johnson, uh, one of the best out there. Now, offensively, both of these teams, a lot to be desired. Arizona is last in the league in yards a game, pass yards a game, rush yards a game, and points. So sorry, Sam Bradford. Seattle, not much better. 27th in yards a game, 22nd in pass offense, 27th in rush offense, and 17th in points scored. So Seattle, marginally better than Arizona offensively, but Arizona's cellar dwellers, this was the time for them to make a quarterback change. So it's really hard to pronosticate what kind of offense we'll see. And they have got to get David Johnson involved more because he is off to way too slow of a start.
0: Yeah, it's bizarre. They're not giving him the football as much as you would think he would. Like last week, even you know, first half he was he was playing really well. Second half was basically a non-factor. I mean, just just a very bizarre way to to handle your most talented player. It doesn't, especially now that you're bringing in a young quarterback. Don't you need to put the ball in the hands of your best playmaker and take the pressure off of Rosen? Yeah, you'd think so. Yeah.
1: yeah, And that that part lays well into my matchup zone. It's David Johnson against the Seahawks linebackers, particularly Michael Kendricks, who does a lot of good side-to-side running. We've seen him make some plays across the field already this year. Wagner, Kendricks, Mingo against David Johnson. We talk about Johnson's slow start. He's only averaging 3.4 yards per carry so far this year. His longest rush is only 11 yards through three games, and he's got one rushing touchdown, one receiving touchdown against the Seahawks in his career. By the way, How many games do you think David Johnson's played against the Seahawks? Five, maybe? Yeah, he's played four. Four. I thought that was a little surprising. I I feel like he's been around longer, but between missing the entire year in 2017 and being a rookie in 2015, you know, he hasn't really played that many games against the Seahawks. And really, he's only had two notable games. I mean, his last two games against Seattle, a 33-rush, 113-yard performance and a 28-rush, 95-yard performance that had three touchdowns in that Bruce Arians' own CenturyLink field for a while in December the last few years. And he's also <laughs> done really well catching the football. So against the Seahawks, he's, he's averaging, you know, he's got 332 rush yards against the Seahawks, or actually 232 rush yards against the Seahawks in four games in his career, 16 catches for 141 yards. They've always featured him prominently. It seems like they're struggling to find a way to feature him prominently again this year. Comes at the right time for the Seahawks, who are not what they were defensively.
0: No, no, they're not. But uh, they're they're a turnover machine, and that's kind of where I go with my matchups. Are you have a rookie quarterback? Uh, obviously, it's a, his first start of his career. He played a little bit last week through that pick uh, that was not a very good decision on his part in that uh, drive trying to play hero. You know, late in the game where he didn't have much of a chance anyway. But by matchup, I know we've been talking about him a lot, but Earl Thomas against uh, the rookie quarterback Josh Rosen. Can you break his spirit early? And it's really the entire secondary, right? Because if you can get a turnover early, Rosen is one of those guys that I don't feel like is going to really be mentally down after one play or one mistake. You know, he's a pretty tough guy mentally. But if you can early in this game have him at all questioning himself, I think that uh, you're going to have this thing in the bag. It's going to be tough for, for for Arizona, I think, to uh, – to be as successful as they want to be against that Seahawks secondary that's been pretty good this year despite injuries. All right, we'll get our predictions on this game in a moment. But first, it's time for Remember When on the Game Plan Podcast.
1: And when you think about Remember When's with the Seahawks and Cardinals, a few different ways you can go about it. And I personally think about uh, Russell Wilson's rookie season. It was his first game as an NFL quarterback. was in Arizona um, week one of the season in 2012. Seattle lost that game, but Russell played his heart out with an incredibly shoddy offensive line going up against that Cardinal pass rush. Russell took him down the field time and time again, and right at the end, chance to win. Ball goes uh, through the hands of Braylon Edwards on fourth and goal. He also had a chance to hit Doug Baldwin, who fell down, had his teeth knocked out when he hit the uh, end zone. You know, I, I just remember seeing that game and seeing how that unfolded. Really rooting for a win, but coming away overall impressed with Russell Wilson.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's a great one. And then uh, was it later that year that they just blew them out of the water? Yeah. I feel like it was like, like it was, some yep. insane... Like, it, was right
1: at, it was week 16. It was right after the Bills game earlier that month where they crushed the Bills in Toronto. And then Arizona came to Seattle and got smacked. Yeah. And uh, that was one of Seattle's biggest wins of the year, no question. Yeah,
0: it kind of showed you they were in their stride right at the right time. Um, and they almost made a really good special around that year. The one that I think of, though, is the tie a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. What a bizarre game that was. Uh, just an ugly game, right? Just really ugly. And that was kind of the... I feel like when... Because that was a Sunday night game. And it felt like that was when the narrative started to change on Seattle a little bit nationally. Where they weren't the team that they used to be. It, it really felt like that was when the chatter started. And uh, obviously was correct <laughs> to a certain extent, even though they made the playoffs that year. But I remember... That night was the season premiere of The Walking Dead, which my wife loves. It's like her favorite show, and so we were like at my parents' house. The plan was to watch the game and then to go home and watch the premiere because it doesn't start till nine. Well, because it goes into overtime, my wife's like going nuts. So like in my parents' living room on the big screen, Walking Dead is on, and then in the living room or in the the family room on the other side is the uh, is the the game, and I'm like literally walking because they're like in the Walking Dead they were killing off a big character. In that episode, that was like the whole buildup for the season premiere. It's like I'm literally walking in and I see the Arizona guy miss the field goal. Yes! And then I walk back in and I watch someone get their head bashed in with a bat. And I'm like, Uh damn it! And then I walk back. It was like the most emotionally uh, draining, (laughs) from an entertainment perspective, like uh, 10 minutes of my life. I can only imagine. Yeah, so
1: we had field goals going off the post. (laughs) Earl Thomas banged out a David Johnson fumble at the goal line that game. Yep, yep um just a real surreal surreal football game that you couldn't
0: tell whether or not you would feel excited or or just disheartened I remember for either side I remember when house missed that field goal my dad just started laughing like like one of the like when you kind of go crazy when you start to go crazy when you realize that there's nothing else you can do and all you can do is laugh because it's just so ridiculous because that is basically how that field goal felt mm-hmm. it's like it was comical given how bad that game was, that he missed that effing field goal. I think Cardinal fans felt the same way about Chandler Catanzaro. Yeah. Without a but question. But Hauska was a guy. I mean, he's house Money, man. He's like, he was supposed to be the guy, like Mr. Reliable, and he misses that gimme. You also man. think
1: about Thursday Night Football last year when Richard Sherman has the Achilles injury. It also is the last game in the career of Cam Chancellor. Yes. I mean, that's as
0: dire as it gets. That was one of those wins where you're they won. That was right around Thanksgiving, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. They won, and you went. I don't feel very good about this at all. No, you know, I think it was like it was like the week before Thanksgiving, maybe or two weeks before, and we were visiting family. And I remember watching that game, and everyone was like, "Aren't you happy the Seahawks won?" And I'm like, "Yeah, (laughs) you know," but it felt just it just felt gross because you lost two two guys. Obviously, Cam, we didn't know at the time, but that it was going to be that bad. But it was the last games in the career of your. Two
1: best defensive players ever, you know, arguably in franchise history. I mean, we can have that discussion at another time. But in terms of star power, yeah, it's yeah. pretty
0: pretty amazing. Yeah, and then um, of course losing last year to—I mean, they wouldn't have made the hell, playoffs anyway. But they had a chance if they win and get some help to get in. And they lose to Drew Stanton. Yeah,
1: I mean, Bruce Arians, I respect the heck out of that guy. You know the way he was able to coach and get his team with the disparity in personnel every year to get them fired up to play at a high level in Seattle, it scared the crap out of me every time we played Arizona. So that's going to be it for Remember When. How about some, uh, let's do our segment called the, uh, the uh, what are we calling this? Game Note Theory. Game Note Theory with Brian Perkins. What's, what game stands note out to theory. you? Yeah, Game what, Note
0: Theory. What comes out to you out of the uh, Game Notes? Well, this is, that's what you call segue, folks, because uh, Bruce Arians did coaches butt off against Seattle. In their last six meetings, Seahawks are 2-3-1. and one. Pete Carroll is nine six and one overall against Arizona, but I think what's interesting, first of all, is you know this game is important for a myriad of reasons. Not only can Seattle get to two and two, you know, and you never know, right, what what can happen. A few breaks here or there, the offense somehow hits a stride under an offensive coordinator that feels like it's impossible that they will ever actually hit a stride, especially when you watch a team like the Rams play football. But one more win will tie Pete Carroll with Mike Holmgren for the franchise's all-time winningest coach. Which I would have thought he already would have surpassed by now. To be honest with you, Um, just given his success, but Holmgren was around for a long time, yeah, and uh, and you know found a lot of success in Seattle, especially early on in his tenure. So that would tie him well, its postseason and preseason combined. Um, And then the other thing, you know, we we talk about how and preseason, postseason and regular season. Sorry. Oh wow. Combined. Also, we talk about uh, you know Seattle. They're not the same team on the road, right? That they are at home. They're not a very good road team. Well, you know, and that's true. But in their last 42 games on the road, including the weeks one and two of this year, Seattle's 24-17-1. So they are a plus 500 team on the road, and this is the type of game that you would expect them to go in, I think, and win against a team with a lesser opponent starting a rookie quarterback.
1: That's Game No Theory with Brian Perkins. (laughs) All right, before we wrap it up, looking around the NFC West, talked about how dominant the Rams looked. 38-28, five touchdown passes for Jared Goff, and that is Seattle's next opponent in 10 days. I'm very, very uh, nervous? worried, nervous already about that game. Tons of anxiety, and you got nine
0: days to get ready for it. The, the, here's the good news. It's in Seattle. That's not good news anymore. And See the, what the Rams did to Seattle last year. It's true, but I, that game felt a little bit like an outlier, didn't it? Like, I don't know, man. They did whatever they wanted. Seattle did beat them down in L.A. earlier that year. Yeah, that's. Not, I mean, it feels like there are certain games. Like, Philadelphia was better than Seattle last year. But Seattle freaking beat Philadelphia with and LV, looked Carson Wentz. And looked really good. Mm-hmm. Like, looked really good in that game. So, I, I don't in know. In December, for
1: Pete's sake. I know. I can't believe <laughs> they beat the defending champs that way, Sunday Night Football at home, and it went to crap after that. Yeah. just Incredible. The
0: wheels completely came off after so that. The Jacksonville
1: game was the week after, and that's really when. And that's when. when mean, was that when Jefferson trouble?
0: tried to go into the crowd? Yeah. And, yeah, that was bad. But. Not his fault. Dumbass crowd. Oh, yeah, yeah who I'm sure that whoever said whatever they said deserved a punching in the face, and they got ejected, kicked out for life good, they should, but you know, um I think that's it's hard, you know hopefully Seattle's not looking ahead because you, you know you're probably going to lose that game, but the good news is Seattle cannot afford to live <laughs> any no but but I'm just saying like i I could understand why they would do that, but man, the Rams look, and it's so it's early in the year, and football is is basically like three seasons in one regular season. But, man, they look unstoppable. The Rams look unstoppable. They look great, man. 4-0 and now. They made Minnesota look stupid.
1: Yep. Rams could, I think, they're going to be the one seed in the NFC when it's all said and done. The San Francisco 49ers lost their quarterback for the season, the ACL-MCL tear for Jimmy Garoppolo. Hart goes out to that guy. The play on which he got hurt is really unfortunate because he could have just gone out of bounds, tried yeah. to get a few extra yards by staying inbounds. For no reason, non-contact too. injury technically because yeah. he did it on a on a cut. It was terrible, man. And he plays so well in that Shanahan system. Now they have to go to C.J. Beathard again. I mean, that's the season. It's as simple as that. Forty Nineers shoot the season goodbye.
0: Yep, yep. I mean that that definitely changes the dynamic of the NFC West, doesn't it? With Huge. Garoppolo out, and you know, it's I I never personally ever root for injuries. It's not a good thing. It's not a good thing for football. It's not a good thing for these guys personally. Um, and it's unfortunate. Hopefully he learns from that, and it's not something that's going to derail his career, which it shouldn't given, you know, we've seen you know, 2018, plenty of guys come back from that. But, you know, just not a smart play on his end trying to get those extra few yards. And, uh, you know, it opens the door for Seattle to uh, take control of second place in the conference, and you never know if you're able to sweep the Cardinals and the 49ers now. You know, that's four wins. You get the win against Dallas. That's five. You know, you never know. Maybe maybe they can claw their way to nine, ten wins, possibly, yeah, maybe.
1: That's that's kind of what you have to talk yourself into. A couple of uh, notable quick games. Let's go with Miami at New England. Miami's 3-0. New England's 1-2. and This is in Foxborough. If Miami somehow wins this game, 4-0 with a three-game lead on the Patriots. I personally don't see it happening. but Patriots would still make the playoffs somehow. Yeah, they would. No question. <laughs> I'm going to take the Patriots, you as well. Yeah. Oakland and Cleveland, Baker Mayfield's first true start on the road. In Oakland, I'm actually taking the Raiders in this game.
0: You like the Raiders winning? Yeah. Yeah. The Raiders starting 0-4 in the John Gruden era would be just so delicious. I'm not saying I'm rooting for the Raiders. (laughs) Uh, I I like Cleveland. I think they're going to go in and win. They're a better team. New Orleans at the New York Giants. New Orleans
1: won a crazy back-and-forth, high-flying game with the Falcons last week in overtime. They take their offense into big blue nation, Saquon Odell and company. New York's, man, they they've been a rough one, but they got the win in Houston last week to get
0: to one and two. I'll take uh, I'll take New Orleans. Yeah, I think New Orleans wins and I don't know what the spread is, but they cover. Wow. I think they win by ten to fourteen points. Haterade on the Giants. The Giants aren't good. Like, why do we think the Giants are good? Everybody thought that they might be good. No, they have a bad quarterback. Well, that's their the quarterback thing. sucks. Okay, Eli Manning sucks. He's Sorry. a bad QB. No, I he's don't. a bad quarterback.
1: That's true. We thought Pat Shermer might be able to revive them, and they arguably have the best uh, wide receiver <laughs> in the game. Yeah, and one of the best running backs in the game. So and he still that was, sucks. That was the argument. The problem is the <laughs> O line sucks too. It does. He has no time to throw. No. Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Oh man, I'll take Baltimore. I know uh, the Orioles, huh? Yeah, I'll take the Orioles to win over the Pirates. <laughs> Monday Night Football: Kansas City at Denver.
0: Mahomes has been on fire. Yeah, the Chiefs by how many? 20? I think the Chiefs are favored by five in this game. Which is crazy when you think about it being a road game. Yeah. So that's what, three points? They'd be favored by eight on a neutral site. 11 in KC. <laughs> I mean, shoot. That doesn't shock me, though. Denver's not a good team either. I mean,
1: well, you know,
0: they are good at home in September. That's true. The good point. Very good point. And, you know,
1: Mahomes but, hasn't faced a defense like this yet.
0: That is also true. But do you, I mean, it's hard for me to see. I just don't feel like Denver has the talent. Uh, to overcome I, I feel like uh, Kansas City wins this game I'll take Kansas City as by the well. way shout out to Kansas City Rams which is happening uh in like Mexico City later this season week 11 I think <sighs> man that's gonna be so fun <laughs> can't set
1: an over under high enough Washington and Carolina are also on buys I'll take Washington <laughs> oh uh, all right that brings us to Seahawks Cardinals 105 on Fox
0: I like uh, Seattle to win this game. I think uh, they just, you know, you went over some of the the team stats through three games, and Seattle's a better team. Not by much, but I do think the Cardinals are one of the worst teams in football this year. It's going to be a a rough transition season. They have a dynamic playmaker in David Johnson, and who knows what they have in Rosen, right? The jury's out. I mean, I I thought that was a great pick for them for their future, but it's not going to be this season for Arizona, a team that uh, defensively looks much like Seattle, Completely different than they did even two years ago. I think Seattle goes in there and gets a win, though. I don't think it's very pretty. I'm going to take Seattle 24-20. to 20. I will take Seattle 24-17. to 17.
1: Um, They've got to win this game the same way that they beat Dallas, which is run the football without apology, no matter how good or bad it looks, because that's going to be the recipe that they have to master to beat L.A., It's going to be that same recipe. They're going to have to do it better to beat L.A., but it's going to be that same recipe, that same formula.
0: Yeah, Seattle's offense is not ever going to be dynamic enough and designed well enough to outscore a Rams team, right? Like an L.A. Rams team in terms of like a shootout. They're not good enough offensively. So you're right. They're going to have to control the ball and control the clock and keep it ugly if they want to win that game. And this is – you're right. They did it against Dallas – can yeah, they do it against Arizona? Because I mean, I think that at this point, if you're begging Seattle to come up with some sort of game plan like like the Rams have or See, whatever, there. it's game plan, game plan. Oh yeah, yeah. That's hashtag branding. It's not going to happen. I mean, they're they, they are what they are at this point. They're not. I mean, you can't completely up. Did we up let rude. him off the hook? <laughs> Shout out. Which wow, is also another Cardinals reference. RIP. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Denny.
1: All right, he's Brian Perkins. I'm Judah Newby. <laughs> Finish it strong. This is the Game Plan Podcast.